This podcast is sponsored by the Music Producers Guild of New Zealand, Aotearoa. The Music Producers Guild is an advisory service that assists and empowers our music producer industry here in New Zealand. Members get personalised contracts for their music production, free Serato Studios sample and DJ Pro, access to discounted audio equipment and software, and advice from industry professionals. Buy your plugins through the Music Producers Guild website to help support us all in growing our community. For more information and to sign up as a member, please visit www.mpgnz.co.nz. Awesome. Welcome everyone to Beat Bino Podcast. And this week we have the brother Jay Knight. What's good, my man? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's happening? Oh, so, so good to have you, my man. And uh, yeah, oh, honestly, I feel happy to be back on the podcast because it's been a little while. And uh, I know everyone's been waiting for another one. So yeah, yeah. How's, um, how's things on your side of the hood, my bro? Oh, pretty good. As most people probably know, we're, we're still in lockdown up here, so it's it's getting. Uh, I, I kind of need social interaction, I guess. But yeah, it's got me working pretty hard the last couple of weeks. So now it's, it's pretty good over here. That's solid, bro. Yeah, just, yeah. Just getting through things, really. Yeah, likewise for me, eh? Because uh, yeah, this is uh, first lockdown for me being in Palmy, and this one being in Auckland. And uh, yeah, I sort of I feel like until you actually live here, you know. People are just giving those little cheap shots at all, and they not on it. Oh, bro, <laughs> not on. I don't, I don't think I really sh- shot any shots at Auckland, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like the like I like the novelty of coming here when I lived in Wellington. Like mm. just treating it as like my holiday. But yeah. now I'm living here, it's no. just like ah, whatever. Bro, exactly it's just like wherever you are you know it's where your heart's at you know you make the place what you make it you know <laughs> yeah bro but i felt like the whole through covid like when we reopened the whole world was looking at us so it was kind of like i guess the creative hub of the world at the time yeah so that's so true it wasn't a silly mistake to move up here i guess and oh, you no, never exactly. know we could have tons of people still come over here or creative in a few years so yeah take yeah. advantage of it oh bro you, you've hit the nail on the head about I don't know if you listen to any of these episodes, but if people listen back, the whole thing's been about like, like producers were prepared for this, oh, look, this moment. Eh? Like this is the uh, prime time for people to get away from the noise and all the work commitments. And uh, yeah, I mean that's it. The creativity here is just um, you know exactly. making the most of it. Eh? But another thing I was worried about for the producers is, is the guys that are getting the shine and stuff through lockdown and and got lots of shows and stuff like that because there was no internationals and when that reopens. I don't want these guys to feel depressed and down about it that they're not getting shows or not good enough anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah. I think that's important for people to realize is that they're probably going to put be put on the back burner, even though we should be supporting, you know, local acts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's man, it's such a good point you raised, my man. Like the first thing I just like instantly gravitated towards on the first lockdown was we got to come out as like clearly easily logistically to get nationally you know just the national lineup but you know it was good for sure i'm not gonna say it was bad but yeah you just those sort of like the lips people go to say now nah, we need the international they're the top but yeah like you know you have all those top peeps just right in your backyard when you think about it eh? <laughs> oh exactly bro um, you know i say it seems pretty cool to see all those local acts mm. in the last the last year or so 
it's it bro we we kind of into that whole soundcloud testimony thing bro because sometimes it's it's not until you're out there on the soundcloud that you realize there's it's a world audience saver it's just oh bro i I thought soundcloud was dying but um the bro was on a call the other day and they were saying like soundcloud is making it like a resurgence yeah oh it sure is bro and uh, (laughs) oh i i think even when i put a because I've just been a SoundCloud head from day one, and um, I, I when I noticed the dip, and then when I noticed charts came in and all these little funny things happening, it's like you could see, man, like there was just something there um, that like wasn't gonna let SoundCloud get away. Eh? Oh no, nah, man! <laughs> too too many careers have been made on there. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, 2010 on SoundCloud was different. Like, yeah, yeah. There's more support. <laughs> like there was no SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, exactly. You didn't exactly. have that stigma anymore. That's right. Like, even when I tell people now, like if I meet them and say, "Oh, check out my SoundCloud or something," they think I'm a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, like, they don't realize. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just like, <laughs> music, bro. <laughs> well, man, that's it, G. Like before anyone knew, Skrillex, he was putting out his first little whips on SoundCloud. G. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. You know what? Just, I think yeah. most producers relate. Probably mm. make something, chuck it on SoundCloud. The next day, you wake up and be like, oh, no, I'm going to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> but then what happened with that is most of my bros would download it and send it to me later and be like, oh, this was my favorite one. That's right. People really realize, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome, bro, because that opens up this discussion for a lot of cool things. But, um, yeah, really to kick things off, my man, uh, yeah, like, kind of give us the sort of run through of, um, yeah, the journey for you of music. Maybe we'll talk later about what you do in music, but like, just bring it back to those childhood days. Um, first sort of memories with music, my bro. With music? Yeah. Uh, I was always into music, like to begin with, uh, I always listen to hip hop and stuff like that. Um, I grew up down south in South Canterbury between between Timaru and uh, Christchurch. It was like my childhood. But I think when I was, how old was I? Probably like eight or however old I was, um, I got the Eminem show, I think. I think it was that album. But then, so from there, you know, we all watched like Freestyle and uh, DJ Severe's show. And then I heard Jesus Walks by Kanye and that really got me into uh, hip hop and stuff. So I went out and bought that. That was actually my first album. And I have it actually right here. Oh, nice. Pretty, pretty crazy. So this is the first album I ever bought. Still got that mic. Oh, it's actually got some uh, PlayStation cheats on the back. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I got that and I was like into, I think I bought like a bunch of stuff like jibs, chain hang low, like that kind of shit I was into. Yes. Um, the Crusader, obviously. But that was kind of like my first, the first music I listened to. Even, even like I was, I was into shit like Westlife, like. Yes, yes. Stuff that people wouldn't expect. Um, but yeah, move, moving on to like the uh, music production and more hip hop stuff. I was always on the internet and when I was like 13, 14, into like underground forums and making websites and stuff like that. But that gave me a lot of time just to sit in my room and listen to music. So, you know, I listened to the, all the Nas tapes and everything when I was like 13, 14, and that gave me a real education. And I felt like everyone, all my friends went into hip hop, you know, like there was a stigma behind it people went into rock and stuff yeah, like that pop. so i was that weird kid who was into the hip-hop stuff but um that's obviously changed now which was pretty cool but started making beats when i was 16 so about 11 years ago like probably everyone just downloaded free loops and started making some stuff 
I was actually trying to make like YouTube intros and stuff. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, I didn't really take it seriously because I was studying design at the time. But at the time when I was studying design, 17, 18, I was working with some locals and stuff, but nothing too serious. And um, actually, I'll take it, take it back a few years. Yeah. So when I was 16, 17, first started making beats. I linked up with this guy in uh, Miami. So I produced like two albums for him. They weren't too great, but we, we like Skyped every day for like five hours and built this kind of thing together. We got a mixtape hosted by a DJ Ill Will. He's like a popular um, American DJ. Wow. So I worked with uh, like Tiger and people like that. Yeah, wow. So that, that was pretty fun. Um, and then I started working with New Zealand people because I wanted to bring that, uh, I guess, Americanized new hip hop sound. Yes. No one was doing the fast hi-hats and shit back then, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. I wanted to bring that to New Zealand and then linked up with a couple of people. Um, I'm trying to think of the first people I've used for here. Probably probably just some locals in Timaru. Um, nice. But yeah, the thing that really kicked it off for me was probably the a homebrew track I did. So how that happened is I was at Design College and um, sent a beat to homebrew. <clears throat> so the year before, I went to Homegrown. Well, actually, that year I went to the home ground and seen them and didn't know who they were. Yeah. So I just left. I was like, oh, yes. fuck these guys. Um, yes. <laughs> left. But I made a goal and I was like, I'll be behind the stage at home ground next year. So jump on SoundCloud, send them the beats. And the next day, there's this track that Tom's rapping over. And I'm like, holy shit, like he's uploaded it the next day. Whoa. So off that, it kind of gave me the, um, I was, the validity. Uh, yeah exactly validize me off that yeah 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 you get, you get the feedback yeah yeah from people yeah, yeah but i didn't really know who homebrew was at the time or if they were a big deal so yeah, just, yeah. Oh, whatever yes and then a bunch of other people started hitting me up so i think it was uh louis nux we made this song called stan house in 2012 wow yes yes i think i made that on my 18th birthday which was wow. yeah 10 years ago wow um so we made that track and that gave me more like more, more producers than uh, artists yes. heard that and they started to work with me. And obviously Razor, Razor Beezer at the same time. Yes. I actually made him two music videos and then we kind of connected off that. So a bunch of creative stuff, yes. but that's kind of how all my music stuff kind of started. Oh, that's amazing. And just hearing just, just a few of those artists, like amongst obviously the huge sort of pool of peeps you get to meet and work with, it's, it's really cool because yeah, like obviously um, being able to have that opportunity to just, um, yeah, have those sort of things in mind where you love doing what you do and they're just people around you. Uh, it just flows naturally, especially here in New Zealand, doesn't it? It's just, it's, you know, these oh, things. Oh, bro, it's such, a, it's such a community, like 2012, 2011, 13 around New Zealand. Like you had me, uh, yes. Spike IF, uh, yes. Razor Beza. Yeah. All these people were like on Facebook and friends and you posted yeah, a song, yeah. you would have, bro, you'd have like a hundred to 200 shares on it, you know? Exactly. Like everyone, everyone just, just twice about, but people didn't think twice because I mean, there weren't many people doing it. Yes, but then it was kind of like, um, it was such a novelty because it was like, oh, you know, you could just feel that energy. And um, I, I, find, I find these little ways of tapping back into it, but like, because at the time I got into a lot of the um, networks of getting the no peeps, um, if I can use that word, through the kits, um, especially Matt Noble, but because I was growing up with the Noble brothers, Tane and Rory. And so Matt, Matt, and then also uh, a little bit Ken, 
but mainly Matt Nova was yeah. always like really supportive, really in there. And um, yeah, like that really helped me get to know peeps because that was like the beginning of when I found out about Abro as a kid, even though I was getting into oh, my Abro. house music. <laughs> you know, I forgot but... about Abro. It's the first place I uh, posted my like 2010 beat tape on. Exactly. And that's the thing, like that was such a huge thing for me as a kid making house music and just struck like only wanting to make festival music. Like I couldn't help but get motivated and inspired by all this like good hip hop music that was being produced. And when I saw it being made on Fruity Lips when I was using, I was just like, wow. That's like, yeah, like you said, yeah. very, you didn't like think twice about sharing your bros pizza. You just did it. Nah, and even back then, like FL had that stigma behind it. But I think that fell off when like Boy Wonder and producers like that were making beats for like Eminem and uh, and, and Drake and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of stopped, it stopped the stigma and then everyone was making stuff on it. Exactly, exactly. Well, now it's sort of the, um, that's pretty much up, like Ableton and FL are the top two music suffers of the world, really. Like, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. like it's there we go, you know. So, and, like, it's good you mentioned the stigma. I think we might have had a couple yards about that, but like, just in general, like the whole music software wars growing up as a kid. Did you ever have to like um, try out things, or did you always just say like, Nah, I got FL, I'll just run with it and see how we I've go? I've kind of just stuck with FL to be honest. Like, I've, I've used Logic a bit like that a bit, but I haven't really used Ableton. I downloaded it, but but I haven't uh, got into it. But all my yeah. mates use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, when back in the day when you could sort of see the old version, I think it was 7, 8 or whatever, and then just trying to get your head around like where the piano roll was, because it was just slotted in that little bottom. <laughs> like, where, how am I supposed oh, to like, click on this to you? <laughs> now I'm using like, uh, I've like hacked fucking Fruity Loops into my Mac, but it's like the old, old version. So it's like 2015 yeah. or 16 or something I'm still using. I know the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it still goes hard. Yeah, exactly. It's the hardest one. I think, like, if there's one thing everyone on Fruity Loops who used it from like day one misses right now, it's the blocks on the bottom, which probably oh. might, yeah, yeah, but, like those blocks. I forgot are, about those. I never used them though. Yeah, yeah. Those blocks are responsible for some of the biggest beats in the world. Like, even Avicii was using them, man. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was like you looked at the project file and it's just like four blocks. <laughs> What is that? Yeah, you can never tell. Like everything was kind of gave you a hint with the money, but with the blocks, you could just be it could be anything. Eh? Oh yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, those, those early days, I was yeah just kind of inspired by even even Drake's early stuff, like like the real early stuff. Um, that kind of sound. I just wanted that new modern sound in New Zealand. Yes, which, yes. I, which I think we kind of achieved. Like even going back to Matt Noble, like it was only yeah. and Matt Noble. Mm. Um, making like collaborative stuff with other people yeah and i think that's how i would have felt first came across your name and stuff because like there's just so many names that came into my subconscious as a kid and uh yeah it's just even noticing that at those times you know when we start to hear that international sound in terms of what we're really saying is actually the the mix down the engineering how it actually sits and and getting that real kind of recipe going um and and you know like yeah like you mentioned like how we've all been able to um see that real real just increase in quality from like a country that's actually quite far away from the rest of the world it's been cool to see how yeah. we're really like we're literally like right on top in terms of mix downs now i reckon yeah. oh yeah i i can't i kind of still suck at mix downs and, and mastering <laughs> and stuff but yeah. i never really like to be honest i never really practiced mastering or anything like that exactly so, sounds good to me uh well, that's so, it. Well, i mean that's effectively what it comes down to eh, is um 
you know just as long as you're surrounded by that sort of sound you're really inspired by and um yeah motivates you i think yeah you, you sometimes you sort of can't be the judge of it yourself but you know you put it out there and people dig it i mean that's that's what's it's, oh, exactly about, right. yeah. it's so cool but um yeah kind of moving on um what was the sort of pathway for you like in terms of getting into production was it kind of DJing then production or production DJing? What was the sort of... Uh, so so how that happened is I was always, um, I was just a producer. I never yeah. even thought about DJing. Yeah. But uh, when I turned 18, um, this guy, this guy called DJ Marek, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but there's this thing called the Nart Collective, which was like a, a club night in Wellington every Wednesday. So he asked me to play that and I never played a show. So I turned up and just played my like depressing album. Yes. I didn't know really what DJing was. I was just like, play. Yeah. wasn't the vibe for the club at all. My yeah. mates were there, so it worked. But uh, that's yeah. kind of how I got into that. Wow. And then um, since I was good mates with Ray's after that and he was getting shows, I started DJing for him. And we were, I think our first show away was Dunedin. So, yes. you know, we're getting flown around all these places. I think every second weekend when I was 18, I got flown somewhere to DJ. Mm. But yeah. I have enjoyed DJing, but it's not like my main thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. production is the first thing. And what's what's cool about that, bro, is a lot of us, like for me, I got started with DJing and I appreciated that the era I had when I was getting into DJing helped me with production for sure. But, um, you know, like starting at production, it's just the same thing you have the year from listening to all the music you're inspired from. So it's the same thing as you just, you're surrounded. So to be honest, by I think it, it was kind of the opposite for me. Like it kind yes. of, they didn't help me because oh yeah yeah then i started playing a club and like i thought that i had to make the mute that music for the club where my music was real moody so oh, i got in this like distorted oh, yes. reality where it's like my music isn't good because it's can't be played at the club you know yes 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 that makes I'm sense. Sure some people relate yeah. to yeah yeah no i know it should be especially because it doesn't take long before you go from what you really like did listening growing up to like suddenly sort of what what sort of positioned on to you is like oh, okay you're the dj you're the yeah yeah i i totally exactly. agree my bro it's um i think i think there's a lot of dj slash producers or uh, produce you know whatever way you come into it where yeah you just feel that sort of like sort of messed up sort of conflict in your head we're like wait a minute like the people want to hear my music or like what you know because like, as a dj i i just always knew that like my music was not what they wanted to hear but I started like recently slipping in some of my beats in there. And it's crazy like how it even just comes down to like how many tracks you have to play that they like. And then the same track that you play, they yeah. suddenly dig. And it's like, well, actually, like it's still my track, but you just oh, like, exactly, it bro. like it does, oh. it's, it's that crazy thing. Eh? <laughs> yeah, bro. I've always thought like uh this is kind of my mantra is that if you if you like it, if you make something and you like it, someone else is always going to like it. You just have to find where they are, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. but it's truth. That's the truth. And that's, um, that's a little nugget for everyone listening because like, I, I, I love this podcast because it's all about reminding us all that it's a world market. It's a world audience. It's like, it's um, like there is someone in the 7 billion people here in the world for however many, many of those oh, exactly. music listeners out of it. There's, that's, that's, you're gonna find a whole like town, the whole city full of people. Like, exactly, and, and that's the thing we don't like to do is find these people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's that's such a good point, and yeah, like I, I love that we're we're slowly 
like we already, I, I believe it's already happening now. We're, we're seeing seeing this change. We remember this now, but uh, yeah, kind of moving on into yeah some of the highlights for you, my bro, because we've already mentioned a few cool peeps you got to meet and sort of like how music can literally uh, take you around the place. Um, yeah, what was some other like memories? Because you've done a whole bunch of shows for sure. Um, but yeah, like, is there any sort of standout things as you were growing up? And, and yeah, um, pro- probably my first my first show highlight was uh, it wasn't it wasn't many people there, but it was R&B 2013. Nice. Um, so I got asked to play that, and I did two sets there. Uh, so that was pretty fun. It was like my first festival and the last time I've actually been to R&B. Um, so that was cool. And then moving on to other people, I get I guess these are the show highlights. That I've done is probably that one um, opening for Schoolboy Q in Wellington, um, Lil Yachty in Wellington, yeah, um, ASAP Ferg. Nice. So I guess those kind of people just like it was just fun, you know. It was the music yeah. I was into. I was just some little white boy DJ, you know. I wasn't. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't a crazy act. I was just a producer. So it was kind of producers who make these kind of beats can be opening yeah. for these artists. But that was the sound, those are the artists that I was trying to base my sound off before they were like massive mainstream artists. It was just the the mixtape, that piff kind of days, you know? Yes. Wow. But yeah, and then in terms of other shows, like I got to go on this tour with At Peace. uh, So I produced a couple of songs on their album that year. So it was me, Louis Nux, and At Peace. And we played Queenstown, Dunedin, um, Christchurch, and Napier, I think. Maybe Wellington as well. But just traveling around with them, it changed my perception from uh, making beats to actually making music. Wow. So it's, it was it was a change of mindset. Yeah, just oh, yeah. this is a beat. To, oh, this is actually a live thing they can yeah. perform. Yeah, yeah. Seeing people sing these these songs back and stuff like that. Wow. So that was probably that's definitely a big highlight. Yes. Um, another thing would be making an album at Red Bull Studios in 2014. Oh, uh, yes. So, so me and Diaz, Prim and Razor, we made a song there in 2013 and then they asked me to do my own album. So that was that was pretty cool just to use the resources and learn. And I had different artists just come through every day. Um, I'd send them the beats week, weeks before, but I, I told them, I was like, I trust you guys just to come up with whatever and yeah. show up on this day. Yes. So I think Monday, the first day I had Razor, Blaze, Diaz. Then the second was like Mellow Downs, um, Chubby Fly, I don't think he showed up. Actually, his friend uh, Taylor J showed up. Yeah, and um, there was a bunch of people came through. We had uh, Ricky Gooch from who was the OG drummer for Trinity Roots, played some stuff. Uh, yeah, wow. lots of people. <laughs> yeah, oh, so awesome. And and for those that don't know, so that's Ripple Studios. It's here in Auckland. That's um, it's in the city, right? It's, yeah, it's in Grayland, I believe. Yeah, it's still there. But yeah. I think uh, they're closing the music uh, down. So they're not oh, doing right. the music thing anymore, which is, which is kind of a shame because I feel like, you know, the Mellowdowns, the, the Splitters of this world, uh, they were the ones yeah. that took their career to kind of the next level. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's a pivotal, pivotal one, even looking at um, beyond just the studio time, like those little things like the remix comps, the one thing that I kind of got into. Um, bro, yeah, like, yeah. They're amazing. Like if we think about how different today would look without just those remix comps alone because they were oh, they were huge even uh, uh i don't know if you remember the, the red bull showcases they did 
so they oh, all, yes, all those yes. artists come over from yeah say like azizi gibson and Kamandi, and yes it was free so that's uh, right they were free gigs you just had to rsvp so they they would have spent like you know over 2k on these gigs yeah but yeah exactly. obviously red bull does that where they invest in their brand yeah but, invest in um, yeah i reckon it exposed everyone to these like up-and-coming artists in new zealand yeah yeah it's it's so cool you mentioned because i'm not really a business head guy but man like you think about like the the longevity of that sort of investment that red bull's doing it's like like people don't forget that man like that's oh no that's that's crazy. I'm like, like, just, like for example like i'm a i'm a big formula one fan at the moment and there's a red bull team in there they'll be spending over 500 million a year you know mm. just wasted money into cars yeah. so they're people's yeah it's mind-boggling eh? <laughs> yeah yeah i just love the seeing how because there was that red bull pig where they were actually bringing key getting kiwi cats overseas i believe if i'm not mistaken with another brand but there's, there's yeah, been I think a whole there was, lot of uh, I think it was Red Bull, uh, Red yeah. Bull Academy. Music yeah, Academy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So yeah. I think there was two people a year from New Zealand chosen. Um, I know that Lontalius went there. Uh, Ray Spanion is his name as well. Yes. Uh, a couple other people uh, um, went over there, yeah. yeah. But that was based in like Russia or Switzerland or some random places, you know? Yeah. But that definitely gave people some uh, a start. Yeah, no, 100%. I, um... I, I love looking at these little things because yeah, you, you forget about like just how much memories you have with music and all that and as sort of Beat Pardo evolves I think there's just going to be things that like everyone's just like oh my god I completely oh, yeah. forgot about that but um, I, I should have wrote some uh, like points down but I thought I'd just sorry if I'm rambling don't, don't nah, no one's rambling I and, um, and I actually encourage everyone not to because I, I sort of it's my main job just to kind of let it let those memories come out naturally and uh yeah man it's it's cool because um a lot of people now say oh yeah yeah like music first like i reckon it's better if you're not because like as as we were growing up i guess um that was the whole beauty of things as nothing was prepared you didn't have like social media now almost over prepares us but like you look oh, at, yeah yeah reacting like oh yeah he's i'm going to this event but i could see all these people i beef with are going so now i'm not going like this just like back in the day you just like have to like just live life to find out things you know <laughs> now we're sort of oh, letting, exactly. letting life live us and it's just like man <laughs> yeah that's where the experience comes from me just living it wow well that's that's just hearing all the testimony already bro you can tell um yeah that testimony there comes from living but yeah sort of um all the different beat makers and vocals you got to meet and stuff um yeah was there sort of like people who have really helped you like learn things like whether it's software or just general music things there's sort of been some uh, to be honest i can't really pinpoint like one one person or anything like that oh, I think I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just being inspired by all these people around me um, um i kind of just self-taught myself everything mm. like from from design to music so yeah. no one's really i guess taught me music it's just you just yeah. have to kind of have a good ear for, ear for it i guess well that's it that's it and this is um this is like the golden age of internet starting to become fast enough to like even find stuff really because uh was it uh yeah yeah as soon as we went away from like the broadband having to cut out your phone i think that's when there was like really no excuses eh? <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs> You know, I had dial-up for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have to bring this up on the show because we always do, and uh, it always gets brought up one way or another. And that is, uh, 
how's your memories with things like LimeWire, my bro? Uh, LimeWire? Yeah, uh, did you ever use it or not really? Yeah, I used LimeWire for everything. I, I wow. remember downloading, like, me and my bro and Tim, we were probably the only hip-hop heads. We used to make, like, uh, compilation CDs on the blank CDs. So I think one of them had, like, T.I. song, then, like, One Blood remix by The Game, uh, Soldier Boy, Young Jock, like, all that kind of stuff, the real wow. early, early yes. hip-hop stuff. So yeah, I, I cranked LimeWire hard. I think there was another one that's the same logo, yeah. but blue. Oh, I think I it, was, yeah. it wasn't Booze, was it? Because it was nah, nah, I don't nah, know. nah. Yeah, but yeah. I was actually having a conversation with this about that the other day, where we kind of missed the days of downloading music and having it all on your hard drive. So now you go on Spotify and you want something just to have physically and on a hard yeah. drive just to carry around and, and listen to in the car and stuff. But you have to have a Spotify subscription now, you know? Bro, it's actually amazing what you just said. It's like we've taken a huge step forward, but we've always taken a few steps back in terms of just that whole like open sharing thing. Cause you know, say you're running late on your, you know, you've got your bills and stuff and you your rent and like I've I've had a week I've had a week where I couldn't pay my Spotify and then you really start to think like, man, like I've I've spent like, I've pretty much put my whole reliance on my music collection on this cloud service. Like, yeah, bro. Actually being honest about it, like I think Spotify's killed a lot of that sort of and like that just enjoyment of having like those more obscure tracks on a little mini disc or CD exactly. in the car. Especially and, and, DJing as well. It's, it's probably my own fault for not keeping all the music over the years. I mean it's hard to keep everything for over ten years, but exactly. I wish I had a hard drive with everything still on it just to grab yeah, stuff. From. Yeah, that's right. And they don't make it easy when they like you know, these new computers, they're just like taking all the hard drives down in size because they just say, oh, are you on the cloud? It's like, actually, like the amount of time, like we think that technology is always just perfect and then it like screws up on us. Yeah. <laughs> like people better too overconfident, hey? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it was, it was just so people couldn't steal music, but like people are going to still steal music anyway. It doesn't like, doesn't really matter. Exactly, exactly. It, that, well, stealing music has been the reason for a lot of cool things and, and one of them is um i don't know if you've seen the vice doco on uh the shaggy um it wasn't me uh they did a vice little mini segment like a 30 minute vice and perhaps the reason the whole song got out there was because it was on livewire and the dude in hawaii started playing it and that was like the only reason anyone any one of us knows the song like well, that was the same with Soldier Boy, Crank Dad. <laughs> Soldier Boy renamed everything to, to it's like, a song. Every single file name was just, yeah, you were trying to get You've got to download my carry and it'll be Crank Dad. <laughs> that was, he was a genius for that. First rapper online, why he'd say I really want to like hear the full story. Like, what, did he have a tech guy next to him, or did he just learn this stuff himself, or was he like? I think he it? did it himself because it, here's another buzzy story. Yeah. Um, I Soldier Boy put out a tweet in 2010 and was like, "Can anyone design me an album cover?" So I hit him up, and he hit me back. So me and Soldier Boy were like in an exchange, and he put the album cover as his like Twitter photo for like a couple of days. And then went off the map and never yeah. talked to him again. But like, yeah, it was, I think it was on technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's a, that's a fun little thing, bro. Like for peeps listening in, because one thing I think we forget about is how much of this testimony, like we have in New Zealand, it like, it like kind of just 
it's out there it just it's it's just kind of whispers out on those fronts from all the years um like i still remember when anchor like the soul the whole selection soundclouds like all the three different um the main selection like a couple of the other ones and like the whole thing they just it was like a takeover and it just had anchor like it had anchor's track uh, I think there was yeah. like like one spotlight track. It was Anchor. I was like, yeah, yeah. It was literally all the other tracks were hidden. I don't know how they did it either because I was buzzing out. <laughs> like, is this SoundCloud down or something? Or yeah, did they just do this? But well, I swear, those, I those like, were the real way days. Eh? Yeah. So that's um. But, uh, yeah. Some something else that's funny is you know that uh you know the piracy advert back in the day. So I found out recently. The music that they used in that, that they got copyrighted for and got sued for that. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Like, oh my god, about copyright and they like, just got copyrighted. Yeah, so that's, that's why one. we don't see that ad anymore. And that's the one with uh, you would steal a car in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was such a catchy song. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. all it. I feel like you and me are going to uh, set this challenge that we say right here. Okay, after we both finish this call, we're going to download that tune and we're going to try and make a beat. <laughs> sample it. Ooh, it's sample not a, that, eh? It's not a bad sample. It's popping off. Yeah, man. Um, I think one thing I really want to do with Big Photo is, yeah, and like I want to encourage all the different music peeps doing things in New Zealand to do it is, yeah, let's just get back into those sort of sample challenge stuff. And um, oh, yeah, because yeah, sometimes it's about making music without the the end goal or objective if you just make music just for like the it's actually the objective is like really being like oh this is a bit of a cool challenge with my friends and we're all gonna have fun yeah with exactly it. Yeah. because it's like it's nostalgic it's exciting that's i think something we're pushing for back all of us as music things um like there's one thing i like see is like emerging from that is um like you know basement beats and all like a whole lot of beat sessions i think that's um that, that there really gives everyone some real positive energy, eh, bro? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, shout out to Katana as well, right? One of yeah. the first of all, I think was with him, and that's like oh. 2013, so he's been he's been yeah. out here. Oh, he has, he has. And, um, I think yeah. it was actually a Beyonce after part. Wow, so, that's, that's, incre that's incredible, bro. Um, like, we've got we to touch on this, my bro, and um, yeah, sort of as you've made different sort of music and all, all that uh, yeah what's been some sort of things you've found like you've personally um learned um that you've sort of like you know you, or things you want to improve on is there sort of like a set sort of things or like even because obviously with music now you've almost got to like do a lot of different hats yourself um it's, it sounds like yeah, you've exactly. got about about graphics and stuff but if, has there only been sort of just things in general that you've just really been upskilling in lately uh, lately, well, um, a whole a whole different thing is like I'm starting a website design business on the side. So I, I did design and stuff before I made music. Um, so another buzzy thing is like I used to make my, my album covers before my music. So I'd make wow. the music to the album cover, the whole vibe of it. Yes, so yes. All, all, all my art, like all my videos and everything, I've always done myself. Um, but that also led me doing music videos and stuff for other people, which definitely got my name yeah, out there yeah. more than the music, I think, in the early days. Mm. But in terms of uh, ups, upskilling and stuff like that, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Um, no. I don't really take it seriously nowadays. It's just like make music on the side. Um, That's it. Everyone I make music with has kind of been natural. Like yes. my bro, bro uh, Billy, who I'll bring on. Uh, oh, yeah, soon. yeah, soon, yeah. He, um, you know, we just hang out and make music. Yeah. 
but not take yeah. it seriously just when we feel like it. Oh, um, that's it. That's it. Same thing with everyone else, like Razor, Razor Beza in 2013, like he'll just sleep on my couch for a couple of nights and then I'll play some beats and he'd write it and then we'll go for some beers, come back, you know. Yeah, so that's just, just really natural. It sounds it sounds really genuine in terms of like what I guess I was really trying to say is like when you were doing the um, design stuff, were you actually were you doing that? Like, did you end up doing like a studying thing for that, or did you just do that yourself? With the design? Yeah, yeah. So um, well, I was doing it since I was like I think like thirteen and fourteen, making like Devo oh. skins and stuff like that when Devo oh. was there. Yes. But uh, yeah, I got a scholarship to Wellington in, when I was sixteen, so I moved up there by myself and uh, did that. So that's kind oh, nice. of how I took it seriously, but yeah, I didn't take. I stopped making. Uh, I stopped taking design serious when I was like 18, 19 when the music thing kicked off. Mm. And yes. I always had this thought that like I can always come back to it later on in life. Like I need to have fun. I'm not going to get a nine to five. I'm just going to like live a fun life, I guess, and enjoy my early twenties. Yes, and I think it's important for some people as well is you don't want to go from high school to a job and then not really have those passions. Oh man, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, bro. It's so that you've 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 hit a nail on the head about like like that Kiwi culture because I was even just uh, reminiscing those sort of C four days on on the YouTube the other night. And one thing that's clear is like a lot of the kids we all look all look up to. That's what they did in their twenties. They didn't like go all serious, and they didn't like all the people yeah. think. Oh, these guys are like the smart people. Like they were doing what we society tells us isn't smart and that's it's, it's oh, like exactly what you raise bro it's um so and i think for me it has to it has to be real natural like the music i make with uh, hip-hop artists is i try to get the most honest tracks out of them uh I, I don't really like making club tunes or anything like that so so you have to be in that space where you're comfortable with each other as well mm, yeah and friends like all, all the people i made music with are kind of my friends before we've actually made the tracks Wow. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. No, that's 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 exactly it. Um, I I think there's so much like that whole community thing has to say in terms of like when we see now labels are kind of getting desperate. And what I what I look at now today, like just got a bit of a not a rant, but just an overview is like forecast looking at things is like uh yeah, bro. Labels are getting pretty desperate now because like uh, everyone's oh, yeah. becoming their own label, and like people are gravitating towards the personal label because it's something that can be more relatable to and. You know, um, this could be like going back to the future. I do see like a lot of real community engaging things coming from that sort of real personable touch, you know? I, even that latest uh, basement event they did was, yes. was you know, that's obvious. Yeah. Kind of, that's exactly the scene you want to build up. Mm, yeah. I'm glad that I missed that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Was that the beat session just after? The first lockdown, or was there, there was another one after that? Was there like a show? Or something? Uh, I think oh, the show, yeah. one. Um, basement people, yeah, yeah. I managed to just make it to that one. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just did my assignment the night before, and I was like, gosh, I was in a good mood because it's crazy when I moved here. Like, I was just like, ah, oh, yo, mean music. But then I also knew, like, because I got the scholarship, man, like, they're going to be extra eyes on making sure I pass everything. So, yeah, yeah, just sort of getting every full of mahi done like it, it just felt so rewarding to go along to the basin beats and like what was buzzy is i actually um took out took out the beat thing and won these headphones and like these headphones oh. <laughs> yeah boy these headphones have actually helped me in my teaching job because i got a built-in mic and um because i got like a busy ears i'm on uh what was it great south road here in green lane it's noisy bro it's noisy and so like 
all these other mics are picking up everything, but this built-in one is cool. No cords. It's it's made my whole teaching life get much uh, stress-free. So I made this huge nice. post just being like, man, Rock Shop AI, like all the, you know, all these sponsors. I was like, guys, you actually have no idea. This doesn't hasn't just helped me. This has helped like all helped of other people all as well. Of, this has helped the whole music community. I can like help people get stuff easy. It's it's been so good to have these like little things that you just think, oh man, like did I really just get this? This is this is huge. Oh, bro. Yeah. And that's, that's the exact same mentality I have, you know, it's like you, my whole thing is helping other people. I just want other people to sound good and get the best from them, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's it. Like, um, yeah, I, I believe in karma. I believe that good stuff you put out there comes back. And um, but mostly because when people see who you are when you're giving and the way you give, it, it's it's a human nature thing you that you can't you can't fake it it's just like hey you know that's positive yeah but I, feel, I feel like people always come back as well say like you gave someone a free beat in like five years they might come back and be like this guy was like a stand-up guy and helped me out so wow. then they might pay you or something you know oh definitely. it's all about those little those little uh nuggets you you put into into the world that's it bro that's it well, actually as me and my brother call it we call it uh pnc's so we used to call it the codes and then PNC had a song called the codes so now we call it the PNC. It's <laughs> cool. Oh, it's solid. Well, yeah, speaking of the bro, I mean, let's 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 introduce him if he's ready but um yeah, who's the bro that you're with at the moment? I'll grab him in a couple of minutes yeah, but couple, I, couple I, minutes. I'm not sure if uh, people on the podcast or listening won't be able to hear this but mm. I've got this old uh, beat battle thing we did. Whoa. So Who's on this is uh, Tony Douglas, N.A., Sick Drums. So Sick Drums produced that track for Rihanna. Yes. Uh, we've got Matt Noble. Yes. Myself, SFT, and Given Names. So wow. Smokey supposed to be on that as well, but he uh, he didn't want to do it. It was some, something happened. Crazy. But that was hosted by Spell. So Spell put that on. Yeah. This is like 2013. T.A. won. Um, yeah, this is before well. Rip Your Beats was around. Yeah, this is this is as nice. and Parks and Wow, Spell. wow. That's where we uh, throw back. I was about to say, it's a golden piece of cards you got there. <laughs> and what's more golden is like the kids we were trying to get on, like, um, like yeah, um, I, I say, you know, for everyone listening to this episode, Fresh Live, that um, Sick Drums is coming up in a few episodes, but I um, can't wait to get kids like Mad Noble back. Um, and like obviously having DJ Spawn was huge because like a lot of the time we just yeah we forget those memories but I think collectively with with enough people sharing their corridor sharing their story bro like it's just gonna unite everyone like I just look at all the positive peeps doing positive things podcasts and community things and I I know that it's in a like in a and like day like today, like in the way the world is today, this stuff is pivotal. Like it's the small things that make bro, some, some of these like some of these things are really inspiring. Like even even the nobles. Like I went to uh, Rory Noble Studio up here, and it's like uh, I don't want to say how much it's worth, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, paying a lot of money. Yet. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see these people come from like back in the day, all fucking rise up, you know? Yes, bro. It's kill it, but uh, in terms of the bro, so and now yes. at the moment, um, yep. I'm making this album with uh, this artist called 650 from uh, I met him in Wellington. Yes. I did a, a music video for one of his friends who passed away, um, Isaac. So we did that in uh, 2000 and yeah, 13. I did that, didn't really 
catch up with him until this year when I moved up to Auckland. So we ended up flatting together. Um, so we thought it was only right if we made something. Um, but yeah, I'll get him on in a sec. Yeah. I don't really want to. No, I, no, I can always, yeah, when you're really, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited for this because we need more like podcasts where we have more than one person. Like, I, I love, I love the like the one person ones, but you know, like, I really got inspired by Joe Rogan, like, in terms of, I was just listening to them before we jumped on the call, bro, because, uh, I love, yeah. I love the, the freedom that you like hear on Joe Rogan. And it's something I believe is like, you, you never want something scripted, like, when I do hear a scripted podcast, one side of me understands sometimes, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, they just kind of got to like, you know, filter through a whole lot of things. But then the other half of me is like, nah, gee, like, I don't like yeah, scripted right. podcasts. <laughs> it's like sometimes what I tell uh, when I'm doing uh, videos for like corporate clients and stuff like that, they come to me and want uh, like a $5,000 video just because they've seen one on another business. So say this was a music, music video, someone wants a $5,000 budget, and wants this real flash music video and then it only gets like 500 plays so sometimes people want to see the candid side of you and that gets more views so yes. sometimes it's not worth spending that money and making something high polish when you can make something that's more relatable to someone and they're you know they're more likely to watch it oh 100 i think the, the smart guy is the guy who takes the five grain delivers the cheap thing and says i'm like I've earned this five grand through knowing how to read the situation. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's a crazy skill to have in this. People story. would rather watch a, a TikTok film video because it's more honest and real than a, um, you know, a $5,000 crazy video shot on a good camera, you know? Okay, so that's the truth. So, um, I, I actually say testament to this on my, on my little video series I did for my track Yalla because um, what, what it was was mostly a shaky cab and it was just good enough to read you know, we put we went hard on the filters, you know, because you kind of make it as good yeah. as you can look when you don't have a good cam. But um, you know, I think it, what spoke to that is even with the mic. Now we're, we're reaching a new thing we've never had before. Where even people are into the things where the mic quality is not the best. Yeah, <laughs> bro, exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just took thinking about a podcast in particular who didn't really have the money for the best gear. It's like, oh, stuff we paid for a Zoom membership. We better make something out of this, and, and here we go. You know, I was like, oh. Well, the just mic, chuck a, the just mic chuck a radio good. filter on the vocals in your way. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, bro. I mean, what are people going to be hearing it on? A phone, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th I think with, uh, I'm not sure if this is true, but uh, someone told me that you, when you export to uh, streaming platforms, export it as, as minus 2 dB. And that's because all the streaming services, uh, they crush the sound. So if you do it yeah. at minus two dB, it stays. Yes. Stays there anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Well, that's, well, that you, could be that's no, no, that, that's nah, it's exactly what you mentioned. It's um, there's it, all these kind of digital things getting in the way to a point where it's like there's no real way to be like crazy on top. You just have to accept the fact that like like you said, there's that video on TikTok that is always going to be more popular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like you know. Choose your pattern and flavor and uh, don't get discouraged. It's probably the other word, Jim, for everyone is just, you know, do what you want to do. Uh, there's always an audience for it. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Do you mind if I just, I'll just quickly go knock on the bridge? Yeah, and hold it down yeah. to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, for everyone tuning in, that's um, the podcast we're in the middle of with Jay Knight and we're bringing Bro 650, um, Billy. So yeah, it's awesome to do this sort of thing where we're having 
um yeah a bit more dynamic in there final as you know they do that from joe rogan too um but yeah yeah that's the bros coming in now um and yeah i was just telling how like I, it reminds me of the joe rogan with the alex west and then like there's like someone who's like leaving halfway through the show and it's like oh, <laughs> i can save up that man now <laughs> don't make me turn into alex jones <laughs> oh you should be telling me that one <laughs> Yeah, so I got the bro uh, 650 here. Oh, I'll make massive, yeah, massive. I'll... Awesome, so awesome. Sup, my bro. Welcome to the Beat Fano podcast. How you doing, my bro? Oh, thanks for having me on, bro. I'm good, bro. Good to oh, be fucking so... seeing a, a fresh face in the lockdown. <laughs> oh, that's the question. He's actually got a, a Chronic Snowman, which is another producer oh, on his yeah, own as well. Oh, wow. Chronic Snowman, yeah. nice. Oh, solid, yeah, solid. Bro. Oh, that's you heard cool. of him? No, I haven't. I haven't. So yeah, Phil, 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 yeah definitely Phil. check him out, bro. He's he's got so many like hard hitting fucking beats. Wow. Definitely on it. Crazy. Yeah. So oh, so is he on SoundCloud or was it? Yeah, SoundCloud. Oh, massive, massive. Oh, I can't wait to go and listen after the show. But yeah, sort of introduce us uh, to the bro. Yeah, six fifty. Um, introduce us, my bro. Like, how did you get into music? The, from childhood days to your earliest memories <laughs> um yeah i guess like probably like a pretty similar thing with a lot of cats in new zealand i mean like, like i obviously started just like messing around with my bros you know i've been rapping since high school just you know had parties just been freezing and shit like that but um when i i moved to melbourne not long i dropped out of high school my last year of high school and then i moved to melbourne pretty much straight away um and a, a friend over there was making music like doing it properly, like he sort of, you know, he had a full five piece bang, sort of like soul hip hop sort of shit. And he'd get me on, he just sort of like pretty much, pretty much twisted my arm and was like, yo, you gotta come. <laughs> gotta come with that. Yeah, come up and help me just give me a breather, you know, like you've been in the episode. Like pass the mic back and forth. So like, that's kind of how I got, I got the bug, bro. I, I just like performing in front of people, you know, to be honest. Like, that's the main reason I like making music is to, is to share it with people, you know, I don't really, like, I like putting music on online, obviously, but numbers don't mean as much to me as, like... Yeah, you know, just knowing that you can make a difference right there as well. Like, um, yeah, it was the sort of... Uh, the, how long were you there for, my bro? Did you say you were in Melbourne? Or? Yeah. I was, I was in Melbourne, like, three years altogether, but I came back, like, um, twice real briefly in between, so I kind of, like, broke it up a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, I was nice. there for, like, three years over about four years, if that makes sense yeah yeah ah oh, solid my bro and yeah was that was that quite a while ago or like just just for the reason <laughs> yeah yeah i think that so i would have moved there like uh like maybe like 2015 14 15? nice yeah um yeah like i dropped yeah i dropped out slash finished school in 2013. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what what new zealand producers have you have you worked with yeah. Yeah, a few man. Um, ah, so obviously, Chronic Showman, like he's the man who like sort of gave me my first like big big packs with free and shit like that. Gotta give a big shout out to Dubbe. Um, uh, he's based in Welly. Fucking gotta, gotta look up Dubbe, man. Man, he's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna forget something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, big shout out to Alder. Well, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure people on this podcast will know, know who that is. Elder, E L D R, like, you know. An Icy Ghost as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
yeah, ice and ghosts. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. But there's so many talented cats and oh, sad Hector. Oh, sad Hector as well, sad Hector. But I mean, there's more, but yeah, like, those probably be like, you know, some of my tightest ones used to work with. Wow. Oh, it's yeah, those Wellington, Wellington cats, eh, mostly, or? Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of those cats I've met in Wellington, some of them might have, I think a few of them based in Auckland. Yeah. But like, oh. people, a lot of people converge in Wellington, you know, like, Wellington's a small place. So. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was also saying in the pod how we, how we met through the uh, Isaac video as well, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and connecting yeah. up and making music, music later on, but how it was real natural, the way we make music, mm. it's... You have to, as I said before, it's that we make honest music, so you have to be comfortable with your surroundings and, and people, you know. Uh, yes, uh, yes, wow. Because, like, like, a lot of the shit I talk about in my um, um, in my, my lyrics, my music is, is is pretty personal shit, and a lot of it's to do with like stuff that, like, you know, to do with my bro passed away and to do with like mm. a lot of the shit I've gone through. So it's cool working with the bro because he's literally been there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. He's literally, yeah. He's literally, when it all happens, so it's like, yeah. Wow, that's uh, 100%. That's, that's super inspiring for me as well, because coming from just doing production as well, like the one or two times I've done production and they're like the sort of heavy moments, like when my grandma passed away, like bad, like I just went straight to Macca's and then like, I think it was, if not that night, the very next night, like it was done, it was done. It was just like, you, you know, you just put yourself out there. You don't even think, twice about what you're clicking you just well you know what you in this case what you write and then man like it's beautiful and powerful how you can use these like life-defining things and, and just share something and, and like you know there's hardly anyone listening but you say nah it feels like a million people listening because i know that in spirit you've been able to hear this tune i made for you you know 100 percent i think like yeah it's a i like not not to be like a negative pessimist but like i like some somebody said something to me once, and that and it kind of stuck for me. It's like if you haven't got anything to talk about, you shouldn't be rapping, and that kind of stuck. With me. Oh it's yeah, kind of like, well, you know what I mean. Like there's a million rappers out there. Like it's like yeah. I'm not saying you have to have gone through like the worst life or anything mm. like that, but you know you have to have something that you're trying to put forward. You know what I mean? like, I you're just was, fucking uh, spitting bullshit. That was definitely a big thing. Thing I learned earlier. Yeah, and I, I told rappers as well. Anyone can rhyme words, you know, but um, <laughs> you, you need something to say. You need something to say behind that. You don't have to run, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like, you're honest people, people are gonna listen. I guess you could equate it to um to like just using like, like the ultimate, the ultimate like stem pack of loops in your beat and that's kinda like, oh <laughs> the only problem is like uh what part of it's like you, like you know, really you like um or you know, it's just sort of like what the first thing you grab and um you know, it's great to say, well, you know, I've got the sort of the flow or the cadence or the, it's, but it's not, it's, it is really more of it in the same way as like, like, you know, really push yourself to see what, what you have inside of you to share with the world, because you'll probably, exactly. you'll probably yeah. find out that's a lot more than just the box you're putting it in, you know? Exactly, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's what I'll put. It's so cool. Well, that's it here on the show is to sort of inspire and stuff and just to hear the sort of peeps you got to meet is awesome, because I'm just hoping to get so many of these kids on the show and um yeah like likewise i was saying with jay it's like man everyone who's doing stuff like this it's just equally positive and all supportive you know it's um yeah like there's never enough of this stuff really yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. and i think going, going back to the upskilling thing and things i want to get better at is probably these kind of things you know it's like you have to you have to be part of the community again 
and that's mm. something I was real big on back in the day. But yes. you still have to show face and uh, meet people and get your name out there again. You can't just be hermit all the time. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing is actually you know the society, the dare I say it, the corporate um, news um, government funded, shall we say? It's it's actually it's shocking how. We, we are often sort of given that fear to not go out and um, and then you know to, to, to sort of not open a can of worms it's I just love Kiwis who you just see them and say like oh yep like I've been bottled down for so long and you know what like it doesn't serve me and here I am and I'm talking about it and now I'm now I'm actually um you know putting my heart out on a plate and if you like it cool if you don't that's all good but like I'm not gonna sit on my, you know, get to my deathbed and be like, oh snap, <laughs> oh, I was just bottling <laughs> up my life into a little bottle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but yeah. So, so definitely got all the shit. Yeah, life, life, life too short. But oh, bro, it's it's just exciting. But um, yeah, sort of for for you, my bro, um, getting into sort of all this awesome cool things. Were there sort of any uh, big highlights, milestones of, of cool gigs or festivals or just people, gigs, any any cool things for you, like good memories? Was that, well, was that for yeah, me? for you, yeah, for you, my uh, bro. Yeah, like, probably, like when I opened for internationals, that was a big one, you know, like, mm. and, uh, like I think 2019 was a, was a pretty big year. Is that just before COVID and everything? Like, yeah. just before COVID, we played like, probably, you know, over 15 gigs in a year, like before that, like, we were going hard. Um, Right. And you were open for Shakewell and Ramirez, who are like, um, you know, two two pretty big artists from the states. That I and and Mikey the magician, who's a producer. Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah, open for them, met them. You know, they were cool as hell. That was kind of like a big moment. When I was like, oh shit, I owe me for international. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, what a testimony! Something's happening. It's a testimony. Yeah, bro. Wow. Open for um, for Blady as well. Part of like, I don't know if you've heard of like Young Lean. Yeah, I thought that was, that was in it. Yeah, I was going for Blade as well. But that so was those were two like milestones. That was a real, really early sound about days we were talking about before as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's like early, early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny that kid, man. They were like, like, <laughs> they were like girls trying to climb on the stage and shit. Like, where it was, it was loose. But yeah, that was definitely a milestone. Nah, that's solid. That's solid. Well, yeah, sort of. um I think it's awesome that you guys are both here because um, I know that Brother Jay was just telling me how you guys have yeah, really just enjoyed this time, um, yeah, making the most of it at home and, and being creative. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys been up to in the last last few. <laughs> last so, uh, it was probably probably in lockdown, eh? We just started, we, we probably spent the first couple of weeks doing nothing and then we're like, we better, we better get something up. So we, we kind of realised we had like four or five songs already, so we thought we'd just build on it. And even now, I'm still making beats and we're still adding to this project we're making. Snowball, bro. <laughs> but, uh, how, would you, how would you define the sound of it? It's, bro, I'd say, it's hard to define. It's definitely something completely new for what, like, for me, like, you know what I mean? Like, not completely, like, not like, oh, my God, I'm redefining who I am. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like it's, uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, like, that whole sound. It's, it's very, like, um almost like house influence, almost like some real like ambient, not, yes. you know, it's summer music, bro. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's driving, yeah. It's, it's happy, like, yeah. But you can yeah. also sit depressed as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got the emotion, yeah, yeah. It's, got it's hard to push, which is what I like. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I ain't trying to make anything that's like, 
yeah, yeah. But yeah, but hopefully after lockdown and stuff, we'll, we'll get some shows and stuff like that cranking off again. Mm, definitely, I can't yeah. wait to see. Part of these like basement showcases and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Can't wait to see kits out there, and um, yeah, like I, I can't wait to see what's out there myself because um, yeah, I, I, I think it's about time I, I, I sort of show face here at Auckland. I've always just been at the sort of pubby wellies. Uh, occasional trips to wellies but um yeah like the, the, the one or two times i got to play in orcs it was like oh man it was um right before uh future club shut down they had a um ewe thing there and um and that was just just oh it just kind of took me out by surprise really because i was still on the virtual dj setup so my uh yeah, yeah. Um, suppose control i just didn't I, I never really had cdjs or xdjs for what you want to call them to really practice this whole um you're feeling a hundred percent secure but you know it's those little things that i knew i was happy that i did use virtual dj on that i've learned now because there are literal ways you can get stuffed up if you're just oh, bro, 100%, you're like, 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 like they don't they don't let you have these things when you're in your house growing up because they're like five grand you know <laughs> yeah i know we've even going back to like my first shows i just used the uh, uh what was it machine b-pad connected to virtual dj Yes, wow. I refuse to use CDJs because I don't want to be a real DJ. And yeah, yeah. people get pissed off at me, and I'm just like, bro, you enjoyed the set. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like you know, the music because that's what really matters, eh? Like the, how, how the music's played, or like, doesn't matter. You could be playing it out of a shoe moment if it sounds tight, then it does. <laughs> yeah, bro, I might try that next time. Yeah. But I think there's, there's, a, sirens, I there's like all these <laughs> DJs that get all like hit up about like, oh, you got a DJ the right way. It's like, well, have you actually made the tune? Because I think last time I checked, there's a lot more that goes into production and you're just claiming the fame as a DJ. <laughs> I'm not, not going to name names because uh, I would stop naming for uh, a few days straight. <laughs> I'd, I'd be needing a couple of drinks of water, but no, nah, no, nah, like all, all jokes aside, I think, yeah, it's that real kind of... Um, community awareness of hey you know everyone as long as what you love to do you put your heart in it that's all that counts you know exactly yeah mm. you, you put it put your all into it that was an, another thing with djing i didn't really want to put my all into that mm. so i'm not going to go say i'm a yeah amazing <laughs> that's, it. that's it bro i didn't want to call myself a uh, 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 an expert video um, music video creator and I'm, I'm here making beats so I got the bro and I, you know I still put my heart about it because you know it's about finding those people who are talented enough in what they do to help you you know bring that vision and you know not compromise eh? that's that's really the heart to heart could bring some crazy crazy stuff that you know no strategy no formula could even bring yeah. you know all the vision, uh, amazing, man. Mm. I'm just trying to pimp the game. <laughs> yes, you guys, you guys have got it. But honestly, I um, I've just, it's just been awesome. All these little things that we've talked about are like literally what I call on the show gold nuggets for everyone tuning in. Like, this is literally um, not in terms of like defining, you know, whatever you want to say, successes and just being happy with your life. I think what goes beyond that is being like hard i i lived life i gave it my all and i did it like from my heart you know it's that's as easy as it is eh? yeah, but you can't you can't base your success off of other people's success as well 
Wow. The whole, the whole comparing thing as well, because you can't compare yourself to other artists, or then you're going to be like, oh, I'm not Montel. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, but, and, and don't we all need reminding, but like just to have so much power in the street for us, all three of us here right tonight saying that, I mean, um, that, that's got to, you know, show that it's just there's those signs of like Aotearoa music standing up on the world stage when we all um, got that wider on ourselves. It just, yeah. it just, it's just gonna, you know, the world's gonna see it. So it's exciting. I reckon, time. I reckon that's something that sets New Zealand music apart, because like, yes. you know, being from such a small country, we all have that like doubt in the back of our head, like, yo, fuck, we're not in LA, we're not. So it's like you're not gonna be doing this shit unless you really love it, like, you know, oh, you know what uh, I'm saying? Exactly. I feel, like, I feel like that's got a lot to do with the whole. Wow. Cycle. Oh, that's a huge point. No, that's um, that's that's huge. Oh, bro, honestly, that's such a good point. Cause um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for where things are headed. Like just in terms of everyone sort of reclaiming their white or their power and, and going out there. Um, yeah, I, I speak life into situations because everyone can point a finger, but like, what if you were pointing the finger when really like just around the corner from that pointing finger moment was the whole collective awakening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good sense, uh, yeah. nah, it's so awesome guys but kind of wrapping up um we've kind of already done it as i say to everyone but uh some sort of like you know tips for or just words of encouragement really for everyone um getting started yeah just sort of whatever they're doing you know just any words of love or uh tips maybe <laughs> Don't uh, my thing was telling someone before is probably just stay consistent you just have to keep doing it basically that's that's the only really thing I can believe. Like, yes. I don't think I'm a talented, crazy musician, but I did it enough times that I got good, basically. So yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust the process. Uh, I, I double what the process. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to put in that. Like, not every song you make is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Maybe not. laughs> it's right. Yeah, right. But the, the second thing I'd say, like, is a, is get people around you who really support you and really want to like. Yeah, they don't want to, you know, say, find someone around you who's a videographer and they're good at their thing, you know, and assimilate. Don't just try and take all the fucking the glory, you know, try and find people that you can all create together with and that's going to make, elevate what it, what all of you are doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere, like, close to where I am without the videographers, I work with the producers, I work with all of so. Wow. Yeah. That, these are some really awesome things that I think are going to really um, just give a lot of warmth in the hearts of all the people growing up in, in a day and age where we need this sort of positive reinforcement, it, you know, doing the right thing is the right thing, you know, and um, it's just awesome to have you guys on again tonight. And uh, I, I'm really excited to see all the beautiful testimony that's unfolding and, um, you know, whether it's gigs and music or just anything we love to do creatively, uh, I'm really excited. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. So, so where can we, where are people listening to this on? So, so yeah, we're we're out on we're going to be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, on that like carrying on with those two as the main things. But um, yeah, YouTube and SoundCloud are sort of the things I'm just updating now. But uh, there is going to be like some cool little sort of full video, um, you know, full uncut episode things going on on Patreon. And um, I'm only just stepping up the Instagram game now because I've I've always found it hard. But like I found that you can schedule things, and uh, to the best yep. of my ability, um, I'm just sort of going one hand at a time because yeah, I, I want to really 
I want. I really want to do it authentically. If you guys know what I mean, and um, yeah, bro, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, like um, look, I don't want to. I, yeah, I, I want people to actually come and find the stuff, like rather than me push it down there. Because like, if you really, this is the stuff where like, you know, if you come with the right intention, you're gonna hear a whole different message. And um, bro, no, no one wants to be sold anything, basically. Exactly. Well, it, there's enough people selling things in the world, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> 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 it's like no creative really wants to be like, mm. <laughs> salesman. <laughs> exactly. 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 So you sort of you play the game, but then you also <laughs> got to remember to flip the script, and um, that's my little phrase, you know. You, you gotta do what you gotta do, but at the end of the day, you gotta remember your roots as well, and you gotta get that balance. Say, eh? you know, you go stay true to yourself, and uh, also let others see that. So, honestly, guys, um, yeah, just finishing things off. Um, any little kind of little things you want to share, little plugs, or is it kind of just go with yeah. the flow? Just, just look out for this uh, thing that's dropping. Oh, yeah. not entirely sold what what it's called, but uh, oh. we'll put our names on it anyway. So. <laughs> Come on, I even just started to see some little snippets on yeah, you. I was gonna, I was, yeah, shout out to the boys, you know, shout out to TKM, shout out to Triple 6K, shout out to all my boys. Oh. <laughs> That's straight. Oh, beautiful guys. Well, everyone, that was another episode of Beat Final Podcast um, with the brother J Knight and 650. I really encourage you guys to um, listen back, take out the gym, share it with um, someone you really um, just resonate with and yeah, continue to share that testimony, peace, love and abundance. Uh, yeah, and stay tuned on all the platforms, uh, you know, the drill. Uh, also feel free to donate, support, uh, and yeah, keep keep hitting me up and annoying me to get that, all those little promo cards and merch out because I keep telling you guys that, but we haven't got it out. So I need, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> note to self, <laughs> note to self, Samir. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, have a beautiful, blessed uh, journey ahead from everyone here at Beat Fondo. Peace and love. Peace and love. See you guys later.